Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. He's an angry elf. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. You did it! Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Buddy the elf, what's your favorite color for the... Hey, friends, our Christmas series starts today. Doesn't it look Christmassy in here, too? I want to thank everybody who was a part of putting this all together this last week's pretty awesome. But our Christmas series starts today, and it is called Christmas at the Movies. We thought we'd do something different and hopefully kind of fun this year because one of the most enjoyable parts of the Christmas season for lots of us is watching and honestly re-watching many of our favorite Christmas movies together with family and friends. Many of the holiday movies that we love actually have themes that point us right back to the truth of the Christmas story in the Bible if we're watching for it and paying attention to that. So on Sundays this December here at FCC, we're going to be looking at the truth of the Christmas account from the Bible with help from some of the most classic Christmas movies of all time. And here's the lineup that we're going to be going through. Today, we're going to be talking about Elf. You just saw a few clips from that. And the theme we're going to pull out of this is identity. Next Sunday, we're going to be talking about Grinch, the Grinch and community. Also remember, next Sunday is uh, whatever you want to call it, festive or ugly Christmas sweater Sunday. So make sure you come ready for that. December 17th, we're going to be talking about It's a Wonderful Life. And the theme is hope. And then on Sunday morning, December 24th, Christmas Eve morning, we'll do different services in the afternoon. But the morning of Christmas Eve, we're going to be talking about the Polar Express with the theme being belief. So before we start talking about movies, let's ground all of this in the actual Christmas story. From Luke chapter 2 is where you can read the Christmas story. And I would encourage you just as somebody who's a follower of Jesus, or maybe if you're learning to become a follower of Jesus or interested in being one, Luke chapter 2 would be a great chapter to read and reread during this month of December, because it tells us the story of what God did in sending Jesus to earth. And I'd also encourage you, when you get together with whomever you're celebrating Christmas with this year, that you pull out the Bible uh, at your Christmas gathering at some point, whether it's at dinner time or before opening your presents or after opening your presents, but pull out the Bible and read out loud the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. I'm sure a lot of you are already doing that, but just want to give you that encouragement. Make sure that's part of your Christmas season to read this out loud together. I want to read a portion of it to you out loud right now from verses 8 through 12 of Luke chapter 2. It says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. 
This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And this baby that's being talked about here, the Messiah, was who? What's his name? It's Jesus. This is the story of his birth, our Savior. So how does the movie Elf point us back to that story? The night that Jesus Christ was born. The true story of Christmas in the Bible. Well, Elf is the story of a guy named Buddy, who's played by the actor Will Ferrell. And I'll also tell you, before I start talking about this movie, if you haven't seen this yet, just like all the movies in this sermon series we're going to do this month, tons of spoiler alerts coming early here, okay? But with most of these, they've been around for a while, so I'm guessing you've probably, the majority of you have seen them. But if you want to get caught up on them, watch them maybe beforehand. But spoiler alerts on Elf if you haven't seen it yet. So at the beginning of the movie, Santa is delivering presents at an orphanage and a little baby crawls into his bag of presents. And once back at the North Pole, Santa and his elves discover the little stowaway baby. Well, that's Buddy. And he's the first human being ever to step foot in Santa's workshop. So Papa Elf, who's played by Bob Newhart, raises Buddy among all the other elves, but Buddy grows so much faster and so much bigger than all the other elves and everybody there. It's obvious he's not an elf, but to Buddy, that's who he thinks he is. So I want to show you a clip right now from the movie Elf, and I want to also tell you if you're watching with us online, you won't get to see the clip. We apologize, but we'll be right back with you in just a second. So here is a clip from Elf. Quick thinking yesterday with that special talents thing. I feel bad for the guy. I just hope he doesn't get wise. Well, if he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. If he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. I think they're too small. They're just special. so good, buddy. Are you okay? I'll be okay. I just need a glass of water. So there is Buddy's moment of crisis. He has been living with the wrong identity. And seeing him, like it's funny to us, right? How could somebody live that long and not figure out that he's different, that he's not an elf, that there's something different about him? That, that little section they show in that montage of him flashing back through his life, the part where he's dunking the basketball over the other elves, I don't know why, but that one cracks me up every time I see that. How could he have not known? It was so obvious to everybody else. But you know what? If we're like really honest with ourselves today, how many of us are living with the wrong identity? And maybe even in this moment, it's, it's actually doing damage to our souls. It's being detrimental like to how we're living in this moment. As a way of talking about that, let's imagine here for a moment a scenario. Let's say that later today, you're going to go to a holiday party, a Christmas party, maybe at somebody's house. And when you arrive, the, the host or the hostess greets you at the door and they hand you one of these little red and white name tags, one of these things that looks like this up here on the screen. And instead of, the, instead of you just writing your name there, 
the person says to you, I'd like you to write down who you really are, okay? I want you to write down in that blank who you really are. So what do you think you would write? Who are you really? You know what a lot of us would do if we were given that challenge? We'd just default to our job or our role, wouldn't we? Some of us would write down something like parent, engineer, teacher, business owner. That's kind of what we would do. Who are you really? Well, we would write down like what we do, right? If some of you guys were here for the men's movie night on Saturday night, we watched American Underdog together. It's the story of Kurt Warner, the uh, NFL quarterback. Great movie. But early on in the film, Kurt Warner is shown to be meeting his eventual wife, Brenda. And as he introduces himself, he says, I'm a football player. Like that was his identity. That's how he saw himself. So at that point in Kurt Warner's life, he said, hey, I want you to write down who you really are. He would have written football player. Others of us, though, might write down a challenge or a disability. Like when we think, who are we really? Maybe we would write down something like divorced or unemployed or handicapped. That's who I am. Maybe that's how you see yourself. Others of us, though, would write down maybe a, a recent success that we've had. Something like, who are you really? Well, just promoted, or just engaged, or unbeatable at Call of Duty. You know, some, something like that. You write down, like, something about yourself that you really like or you're proud of. Still other people today, more and more folks today in society around us, when you ask them who they really are, they'll talk about it in terms of country of origin, or race, or political party, or it's becoming increasingly popular to talk about who you are in terms of gender or sexual orientation. Uh, but you know what? All of us identify by something, don't we? Buddy the Elf in the movie, who are you really? He would have written down elf. But that wasn't true. That was a, that was a false identity. So what did he choose to do when he figured out that that wasn't real? Well, take, take a look at this next clip. Anybody want to pick some pillberries? Not now, Arctic Puffin. Hello, buddy. Oh, hi, Leon. Why the long face, partner? It seems I'm not an elf. Of course you're not. You're six foot three and had a beard since you were 15. Papa says my real father lives in a magical place far away. I don't know what to do. At least you have it, Daddy. I was just rolled up one day and left out here in the cold. The thing is, I've, I've never even left the North Pole. Buddy, I've been around the world many times when I was a young cumulus nimbus cloud. It's a wonderful place filled with wondrous creatures. Except dogs. Oh, by the way, don't eat the yellow snow. Oh, I know that. All I'm saying is this might be the golden opportunity to find out who you really are. And there is the line in the movie Elf. This might be the golden opportunity to find out who you really are. So that leads Buddy uh, on this quest to go meet his dad. He travels to New York City to find out who his real dad is because he longs to know who he is and where he comes from so he can figure out what it is that he's supposed to be doing with his life. And there's the connection point for us with the movie Elf and the Christmas story. Because really, friends, this, this Christmas might be the golden opportunity for you to find out who you really and truly are. Why you're here 
what it is you're supposed to do. Here's something we all need to know. When it comes to identity, my identity is the truest thing about me. There are a lot of things that are true about us, like our height, our weight, our skin color. We're each a certain one of those, but my identity is my truest thing about me. And everything flows from my identity. When I live out of a false identity, though, I'll just exhaust myself running after things that don't matter. And they won't be things that line up with reality. They won't line up with the truest thing about me. Throughout the Bible, there's a two-word phrase that's used many, many times that speaks to this scenario. It's a phrase that's used over 180 times in the Bible, and it's the phrase, in Christ. Just two simple words, in Christ. You want to say those words with me? In Christ. It's mentioned so frequently because the Bible writers knew that every believer's struggle with caving to temptation is ultimately coming from a crisis of identity. They knew that once a person really gets awakened to their true identity in Christ with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, then that would transform their desires and their behavior. In fact, in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians in particular, makes a really big deal out of this two-word phrase, in Christ. It shows up in that book a ton of times. And here's how Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, from the message paraphrase of the Bible reads. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Now, again, that's a paraphrase of that verse, but it truly is an accurate summary of what that major theme in the book of Ephesians is all about. Many of us do live with this false identity, chasing after the wrong stuff, and then one day we find ourselves waking up and not really liking who we are, maybe because we adopted the wrong identity. But it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Identity shapes behavior because Who I am determines what I do. Or another way of saying that is that behavior flows from identity. And here's how the book of Ephesians describes that. In Ephesians chapter 2, it fleshes out this whole notion of identity and being in Christ with words like this. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient, We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. And moving down a couple verses, it says, for you're saved by grace through faith, and this not from yourselves, It's God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. So what's that saying there to us about identity? Well, a couple of things. In the first three verses, where it describes our failures, things like being dead in our trespasses and sins, living out fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh, living under wrath, those are not who we are if we are in Christ. Those are who we were. But then it also goes on in verse 9 to say that when we're, when we're saved, we're saved by grace through faith, so we can't boast about it. So we're also not the sum total of our successes. You're not what you do. So in that one simple passage there, 
it tells us that there are false identities that a bunch of people try to hold on to. False identity of who we were. And God says, you're not who you were when you're in Christ. And you're not the sum total of your successes either. You're not what you do. If you live out of those kinds of identities, it's just going to be exhausting. It's really exhausting trying to maintain one of those false identities. Here, let me show you some examples here up on the screens for a moment of what it looks like trying to live out of a false identity. So for one, if we're living from a false identity, we're going to feel constant pressure to perform, right? Because a lot of it is based on what we do, or if we're viewing ourselves in terms of our past, what we were, maybe we're trying to overcome that. So if we're living out of a false identity, you might know it even as you're sitting here today, like, do you feel pressure to perform? Like, do you feel like you have to be on? And like that second thing, not make a mistake because you have a fear of failure. If so, maybe your identity is based on something other than being in Christ. A person living from a false identity suffers from constant comparisons of who they are versus somebody else. They oftentimes lived with wrecked relationships because of these things. And ultimately, they just experience fatigue and frustration in life. But here's some good news. Paul, who wrote the book of Ephesians under the this inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says that when you trust Jesus Christ to be your life leader and your sin forgiver, you're saved by grace and you receive a new identity that is those two words. You receive this new identity that is in Christ. And here's the truth then. In Christ, my identity is given. Given, not earned. It's a gift bestowed upon us through Jesus Christ and him giving his life for us. Makes me think of this story that was in the news just a little over 10 years ago, I believe. When I describe it to you, maybe you'll remember seeing this because it was in all the major news outlets when it happened. There was a, a village in northern India where 285 girls all had the exact same name. Their name was Nakusa which in Hindi, their language, when you say that word nakusa, you're actually saying unwanted. So those girls literally were named unwanted. It's extremely tragic that in some portions of the world, women are so devalued in a place like where that village in India was that parents who wanted a boy when a baby was born and saw that the child was a girl named the child unwanted. We didn't want you. We wanted a boy. So the child receives the name Nakusa, unwanted. I'm not making this up. So there are 285 girls named unwanted all in this village. A very common name, a very common practice, I guess, in that portion of the world to name a little girl unwanted. And obviously a lot of these little girls then become orphans or uh, other really unfortunate things perhaps happen to them. So anyway, this village saw that that was a tragedy, that there were that many girls, and they decided to host a renaming ceremony for all 285 of them. And all 285 girls showed up in the very best dress they owned, these pretty barrettes in their hair, and they were each given the opportunity to choose a different name. And what's interesting is that the majority of them chose names that were completely the opposite of unwanted. Some of them chose names that 
meant in their language things like strong or loved or capable or beautiful. Makes me wonder, like, for you, what if, what if today became a, a bit of a, a renaming ceremony for you? Where you actually received the name of your father in heaven who's adopted you into his family. I can't be the only one in here who has had things stick in my mind that were said about me when I was in childhood or even in adulthood, or sometimes I, I wonder maybe, is that who I am? I mean, you guys have had that happen to you. You've had things said about you. And maybe sometimes you just think that, well, that's who I am. Maybe somebody at some point said, you're useless. You're good for nothing. Maybe somebody said, you're just going to wind up in jail. Maybe somebody called you ugly or pointed out some feature about your appearance. Now that's just how think of yourself. And if you got one of those name tags, maybe that's what you would write down is what was said about you. Sadly, we carry around some of these really hurtful things, don't we? And yet our, our father in heaven, when our identity is in Christ and we're adopted into his family, gives us new kinds of names like loved, cherished, forgiven of all of it and useful useful needed <laughs> so buddy the elf um, he had to go find his dad the bible tells us that my identity comes from knowing my father Buddy had a father, he just didn't know who his real father was, so he went to great lengths to go find him in New York City. As it's described in the movie, he says, I passed through the seven levels of the candy cane forest, through the sea of swirly-twirly gumdrops, and then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. He went on this big quest to find his father. And Buddy's life only made sense once he knew who his real dad was. But he had to search for his father. Christmas, the real Christmas, the truth of Christmas is that our heavenly father came looking for us. He left his throne in heaven and he took on human flesh. He was born of the Virgin Mary and then ultimately died on the cross and rose again. We don't have to go searching for him because he came searching for us. And so, my friend, this Christmas could be the golden opportunity for you to find out who you really are. Because when you're part of God's family, you're in Christ. And God's word shows us that when we're in Christ, we know who we really are and what we're living for. Ephesians 1.11, it's in Christ that you find out who you really are and what you're living for. Who are you? What are you living for? All of it makes sense in Christ. Every bit of it does. And that's my hope for you this Christmas season. When, if you watch Elf and you, you have some of these things run through your mind, or if you're just thinking about the Christmas season in general, God came here to earth, yes, 
to show you what he's like, but he also came here to show you who you really are and what it means to really be alive. And that all becomes crystal clear when you're those two words, in Christ. I want to pray for you here this morning as we wrap up our, our worship time. And I also want to let you know that if you'd like to talk today about what that means to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, to be in Christ, or how that works to get started, I'm going to hang out in the foyer out here after the worship service. And if you want to talk or chat or just ask some questions, I would love to have the opportunity to do that with you. I would really enjoy it. Um, those of you that are members of First Christian Church, age 16 and older, and you'll know that you are for a couple of reasons. One, you would have officially placed your membership at First Christian Church, just like a couple people did this morning. Congratulations to Dean and Sherry Wolf, who became new members at first service this morning. But you'll also know that the congregational meeting that happens here in just a moment is for you because you would have received several emails already up to this point telling you what it's all about. So if that's you, we want you to stay in here for about five minutes to help us approve uh, next year's leadership slate officers as well as the budget for 2024. If that's not you, you're welcome to stay in here and see what happens, or you're also welcome to just say, hey, now's my time, I'm gonna, gonna take off, and I would again love to connect with you out in the foyer as you go. Let me pray for you though, okay? Father in heaven, we thank you for great stories and thank you for filling our human capacities with the ability to be able to tell stories, invent stories, and to be able to make them be even things like in movies that move our emotions and stir our hearts and make us laugh. And we thank you for a great story like Elf that points us right back to the story of all stories. Your son, Jesus Christ, you, God, coming here to earth, taking on human flesh. And we thank you that in Christ we get that identity of knowing who you, our true father, is. And so help us, God, this coming week to live in the security of that, to lean into it. If you're calling us into a relationship with you or even give us the, the courage to share this good news with somebody else, or even to pass it on to family members if we're watching Elf this Christmas season. God, we thank you for what you've done through Jesus, showing us who we are and what we're living for. And we pray this together in Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at FCCWarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com.